Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is your brother Muhammad Zaharuddin as usual and together with me is my brother Muhammad Abdullah who we've been sharing a lot and discussing on issues that are very vital to our lives as Muslims and as humans in general. Um today the topic I would want us to talk about brother Muhammad is the issue of our scholars. You know we once talked about methodology of scholarship but today i would really want us to talk about the issue of uh, the scholars the humbi scholars like some of them would be called like uh, yeah the local scholars like some would call them uh, some people disregard them they disrespect them possibly i don't know maybe because they are with them in the same country or maybe they know a bit of their you know behaviors which i believe everybody has mistakes in his life and i tend to remember a hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam which talks about you know the scholars are like the heirs of the prophets so that shows that they are very important in the society but people disrespect them and they try to take people who they do not even have much knowledge of either possibly their creed or maybe their way of behavior So I don't know what you would have to share with me on this because I think it's a very vital topic as well. Assalamu alaikum bismillah. Um well we live in the age of presentation now not re- really uh content, right? Yeah. It's just how you present things uh, you know. Call it packaging. Yeah, packaging exactly. If you brand it well then it it, it goes off the shelf. Um is the is the same with people. Yeah. Um when people brand themselves well, they sell and that's what uh record labels do to artists there are people that are really dumb and not really intelligent and but the, if 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 they have a very good label they're branded well they're advertised well they're marketed well and some social engineering takes place and all of a sudden the things start moving right so with scholarship um fortunately scholarship used to be uh noble Um, I think it still is to a large extent, but there are some remnants of the uh, of the territory that is not really uh, palatable. Things are not working well in, in certain areas. For instance, the perception of scholars is a problem. How do you perceive scholars? Um, because of certain things that are happening, you know, there are a lot of ideologies out there, a lot of changes, the economic transformations. You know, things have changed. So people are reshaping their thought processes and if certain if a, if a group of scholars don't meet up with that they're certainly dropped even though they have done the work they have studied the texts they are very uh, intelligent people but because they haven't coped with uh, the branding issue they haven't uh, done the uh, you know they don't speak the language the people speak in and you you can to some extent blame uh, the scholars but to a large extent it's not their fault because um every every scholar has uh, a noble um uh, role to play in society because they have studied the Quran they've studied the hadith so whatever the case may be you need to i think have some humility and uh, learn from them so it's not just a local problem it's an international problem as well it's the same you know in England for instance when <clears throat> you know some pakistanis have this problem when they talk to their communities they don't listen to them but suddenly when 
a British or an American convert comes into the play um, the perception is amazing the reception they get the numbers that turn out to listen to these people so it's a human it's a human situation that whenever something is foreign or alien you know it uh, it becomes yes it becomes uh, interesting you know whenever something is always with you, you take it for granted so the scholars here are not really um, uh, suffering from lack of knowledge or something they're just suffering from that uh, mentality of people that you know they're they're just local they're just around the corner but say a scholar coming in from another country you know he he is exotic right so um yes um we we tend to have some form of disrespect to to our local scholars in that we don't listen to them as we should and i think it's not true that a certain class of people do listen to scholars by the way you know the lower middle class and of course the the, the lower class in terms of economic uh, ranking they do listen to to uh, local scholars a lot actually if you see their events is packed if you go to azankasa is packed if you go to if malang amindoro is coming to to your local mosque everybody comes out but uh, there's a certain uh, group of people you you could say mainly the upper class and forgive me for doing this rankings i think i've done some some research into this uh, and you know those people at the top uh, find it more soothing or more uh, interesting to listen to scholars that are international mostly or mainly if they speak english and a bit uh, hippie or cool the pro- it's a problem when people begin to overlook the impact the local scholars have it's okay if you want to listen to a to an international scholar there's nothing wrong with it right but when you start to see that your local scholars are not effective or they're not important then that's a problem because those are the people that can actually help in resolving the social issues we have the religious ones you know that's even the point i'd wanted bringing up because this local scholars they are the ones that are living in the same environment with you so they know your problems more than an alien scholar who would come in but like you said every scholar needs to be respected be it a foreign scholar or like the alien scholar yeah. or the local one and uh, now the issue of you know ranking you know the middle class you see when it comes to the economical yeah that's even another point I would want to as, as well you know emphasize or I want you to emphasize on the language as well matters you know english is not the language of is not our local language so i believe expression of really the teachings that people need would be done better and would be understood better if they use their language i don't know if you have that view with me but i don't know okay it's a good point you made and many people have made that point before the truth is aradin um we have a complex as say house of fulani people or northern nigeria as a whole we have a complex and it's not it's an inferiority complex problem right that uh what comes out from the west is superior to what comes out say from other parts of the world so english as a lingua franca or the official language of the whole country is seen as more important more more cool more uh, uh expressive as a language or 
as a tool of expression than any other language, including our own Hausa. Mm -hmm. And it has led to us not being able to speak our own local languages uh, rather eloquently. Mm. So, so basically, if people speak English, especially if they have an accent, they tend to have more impact or more listening ears, which I think it's a bit, I don't like it at all, because it's not, this is when people begin to look at, say, uh, just the packaging and not the content, right? You know, so what's inside the heart of the scholar that speaks Hausa? Inshallah, is khair. The same khair that's inside the heart of the person that speaks. Um, yeah, so it's a colonial, a colonial problem. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not just Nigeria, right? It's other uh, colonized countries. They also, also have this kind of problems that, um, I mean, it's causing a crisis in Cameroon. The issue of language, right? English and French schools. So... Um, for us, it's it's a problem, and I think instead of being focused and putting more impact on learning, say, uh, Arabic for Muslims, we have diverted the effort to English. And Alhamdulillah, now people are waking up because we have a bunch of young people, students, and you know and I know because we both are working schools, right? That, uh, you know, these children now, they're learning Arabic. You know, I can converse with so many of my students in Arabic without any problem. And they would uh, respond. So it's it's uh, changing. The paradigm is shifting a bit towards the positive angle. And it's because of, uh, you know, the amount of, I think, good work that our local scholars are doing. Because they're emphasizing uh, Islam in our, in our personal lives, in our personal space, at home, with our family. They're changing the way we think about things. And this is good for us. So they've done a great deal of work. And, and I, I think even from amongst the upper class, right, a lot of people listen to these local scholars, trust me, especially those that are keen on, on the local language like Hausa. You know, so it's, it's really like parents, right? People in their 50s, 40s. You find people in their 30s, like uh, middle, middle, middle 30s down to, you know, what you can say, 15 teenagers. Yeah, they, they tend to listen more to, to uh, you know, the yes the uh, foreign scholars which is as i said not a problem but we should also understand that we would have some gap right that we need to to fill fill in it's a chasm so it's a problem if we don't know how to deal with the gap which is people listening to a foreign uh uh foreign scholar talking about islam from his own maybe western perspective and our local scholars talking from a very very local perspective they're both important perspectives so if people don't know how to reconcile this they get confused yeah okay uh that means um everyone is important so by this i think like i started it's really unethical like i have used the word later to disregard any of uh, these very scholars so I would want you to give a call to our audience on the issue of, you know, this issue of disregarding, maybe yeah, disrespecting because he's a Nigerian scholar, because he does this and he does that, so he's not worthy of being listened to. Moreover, in fact, he's been even insulted, you know, because it gets to that extent sometimes. Okay, as I said earlier, it's, it's a complex problem, right? It's a sociological problem coupled with a little bit of psychology as well because it's how we think about people that uh, uh, leads us uh, to you know treat them a certain way 
or mistreat them a certain way, right? So, for instance, because of the problem of uh, the hierarchical structure of language, English is more important, Hausa is less important. I don't know even where we put Arabic. I mean, we all say, you know, it's for me, it's a bit confusing. I, I, I hear people always saying, oh, I want to learn Arabic. I, you know, I tell them these are just slogans, right? You know, I don't see you doing anything about it, right? You, I love Islam. Islam is the greatest religion. Fine. So, so what? What do you do about it? You know, the last time I checked, you know, you haven't done anything for Islam, right? You haven't, mm-hmm. you know, being the greatest religion, it was made great by some people. Yes. And what impact are you exactly to make it great as well or greater? Exactly, and it was due to their action that Islam was great. So, what are you doing? What are your actions? You know, so yeah, well, the actions is just insulting and abusing or disregarding scholars. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the action. Exactly, which is I, I think a big problem when people begin to talk about scholars with deranged uh, language. Uh, these people, you know, there's a saying. It's a well-known saying that luhum uh, ulama masmuma, right? The the flesh of the scholar is poisonous. So if you backbite a scholar, you're in for a big one. It reminds me of Hajjaj bin Yusuf al-Thaqafi and the scholars he, 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 he killed. Yeah. He killed a lot of yeah. yeah. So it's poisonous. Yes. You look what happened to him. He killed Sa'id bin Jubair. And Sa'id bin Jubair did not forgive him. And he died a few days after that. And he used to see him in his dream. Right, in his dreams. He had nightmares of Sa'id yeah. pulling him. I would love if you tell us a little about this Hajjaj bin Yusuf and his encounter with scholars and who he is or what he has done for the religion okay i mean this is again this is where you see islam as a very nuanced uh, religion in yeah. terms of the intellectualism and how you perceive people and judgment has never been uh, it has never been a big issue with scholars scholars of islam in in the historical sense have not uh, judged people they only classed people in terms of, say, hadith, right? Mm. So as to give uh, precedence to authentic hadith over over the non-authentic ones, the weak ones. But in terms of people, they were very, very cautious. Now, hajjaj is a big problem in Islamic uh, you know, uh, literature because even a, a great scholar like Ibn Taymiyyah, which sometimes is misquoted or misunderstood, Ibn Taymiyyah is a hero of, of Islam, right? He did a lot of things that people didn't know about. I think you would hardly find uh, within uh, the last two, three centuries any person similar to Ibn Taymiyyah in, in terms of his progressiveness, you know, how he looked at issues. I mean, I one of, some of the first theories that I read that really convinced me on certain economic uh, theory was written by Ibn Taymiyyah on aggregate demand and supply, how money works, right? People don't know that side. People only think of him being, you know, an Islamic scholar or he limits himself to hadith, Quran and all that. No, Ibn Taymiyyah is a sociologist, he's a psychologist, he's a grammarian, he's a linguist, he's uh, he's every, he's a philologist, he's a philosopher, he's a mufassir, he's so many things, he's a polymath. So again, um, uh, looking at Ibn Taymiyyah's view on... Uh, Say for instance, uh, Hajjaj bin Yusuf, right? Yeah. There's a. Uh, he said he has made tawakuf. What that means is he he has no uh, opinion anymore because it's very confusing. Hajjaj bin Yusuf was the person that wrote the what what Hausa Hausa Wasilla, right? He he wrote the vowel sounds, right? Uh, the the vowel signs, Fatha, Kisra, Dhamma, Skun. 
so he invented that so ev- you could say if you take the hadith that whosoever does good would be rewarded with that with anybody who uses the good um, you could say hajjaj has reward for anyone reciting the the quran but then exactly but then this man had issues with so many people including sahaba like abdullah bin zubair right whom he killed and many others and again he 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 killed uh, as we said said bin jubair who is another great uh, personality so these are the problems that uh, that we have with this kind of judgments this is a man who did a lot of good was a great immense uh, immensely intelligent grammarian who had issues with his daughter's mistakes in arabic that led him to actually invent uh, the 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 vowel signs and inserted them in the quran for easy reading and we still benefit from that today and on the other side killed people so great people so um, yeah how do you judge those people allahu alam you know so uh, i don't know if you have anything you need to add basically i think uh, rounding up um, it shows that it's unworthy and is not befitting for anyone to pass derogatory comments or you know disregard disrespect judge any scholar what we should do is pray that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know puts them accept their good work and put them on track yeah so thank you very much for this wonderful session i pray allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assist and continue to guide us uh, till we meet next time wassalamu alaikum